Do I have a favorite? Yeah, do you have a favorite Land Before Time movie? There's only one, Jason. What are you talking about? Fuck no, there's not. Yes, there is. There's like eight. There's only one. There's only one. <laughs> the first? No, that's it. Just one. I wonder how many how many movies do you think they made, The Land Before Time? Just one. <laughs> Fuck you. I see, I think that The Land Before Time five is where it really picked up steam. Uh yeah. In some weird alternate universe where they made more than one. Holy fuck. They're still making them. That's funny. That's a hilarious long-form practical joke that they're playing on us. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. They had one guy that directed like 10 of them. Fuck. Yeah. Charles Charles Grosvenor directed uh, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. Holy shit. Yeah. What's what, what's on your resume? Oh, I did seven <laughs> Land Before Time movies. <laughs> Made for TV. So do you want me to direct your Fast and Furious movie? <laughs> I'm ready for the next Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls a Colin Trevorrow, just starts having everybody, like, floating his agent out and stuff like that, saying that he's in talks to direct the next Star Wars. And then just like Colin Trevorrow, it turns out that talking about being in talks to get the next Star Wars movie got him in talks for the next Star Wars movie. Well, is that really what happened? Yeah. Really? Colin, Trevorrow, like- Colin Trevorrow and his agent started spreading the rumor that he was in talks to direct episode seven because he was because they did that. And because people believed them, he then got the job for Jurassic World because he then got the job for Jurassic World. He was then brought in to pitch on Star Wars episode nine. Oh, my God. Isn't that a weird cycle? That's so dumb. Yeah, I'm glad they fired him. <laughs> there are a few people that I'm comfortable saying that kind of thing about, but I fucking hate Colin Trevorrow. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too crazy about him either. Is he doing Jurassic World? He did Jurassic World 1, but not the second one. He's not doing um, uh, Fallen who's, Kingdom yeah, who, or whatever. Who, yeah, who, who's doing that? Uh, that is a good question. It's... it's uh, J- Jim Frank. Jim Frank is doing Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I had, I had 16 Twitter followers, told them I was directing Jurassic World, and I got the job. <laughs> um, <laughs> not. I mean, it's a name that you wouldn't recognize, uh, much like Jim Frank. It's J.A. Bayona. Let me see what the fuck that guy has done. Is he an I actor? I gotta say, that, that, that movie does not look good. You know, I actually feel like it looks better than uh, better than the first one, but I also didn't huh. like the first one. Huh. Okay, this guy directed uh, A Monster Calls, The Impossible, The Orphanage, um, The Sponge Man, which is a short, and two episodes of Penny Dreadful. I heard A Monster Calls was good. I didn't hear much about it, only because I don't typically hear much about any horror movie. It's not a horror movie. Well, shows how much I know about it. <laughs> <laughs> It was like uh it was like the uh it was like the BFG came out and then they were like let's make more of those. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it was about uh it was like some monster tree thing. Yeah, it got pretty good ratings. The monster they, See, why didn't they call it the monster tree? That's a better name it than had, a monster calls. It it had uh, Sigourney Weaver and Felicity Jones in it. Oh, I like me some Felicity Jones. And, and Dr. Sigourney Doom was Weaver. in that. Not uh, not real Doctor Doom, but little kid Doctor Doom. Oh, the one that was also an get ape. Out, get out of here, little kid Doctor Doom. <laughs> should we start the show with this, or should we like should we start the show with that other thing? No, this is fine. Yeah, this is fine. All right, the Savage Land. <laughs> <laughs>
No, no, we never include that part. Oh, well, we should. Well, I have before. That's true. You have. I, I almost never do just because I feel like it's lengthy. It's lengthy, but it's 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 cool. <laughs> it's worth the wait. <laughs> it's worth the it's fucking wait. like it. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Savage Land. I'm Jason. I'm Matt. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Comic Bento, but we'll uh, we'll we'll tell you more about them later on in the show. Matt, how you doing this week? I'm doing just fine. How about you? Oh, dude, I'm just I'm I'm stoked for life. Just doing a having a grand old time. Just amped, revamped, and ready to pamp. <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to tie that one back around. Uh, I am indeed amped, revamped, and ready to pamp. You took the wor- words right out of my mouth. Um, hey, you know, we're that's, sing- what, that's what that's what almost three years of podcasting will do. <laughs> they say they say great men think alike. Also, that mm-hmm. intro that we recorded just barely was at least five minutes long, and I hope that when one of us edits that, it's a lot shorter. <laughs> Eh, that was a, it was a long, winding, cold open. I feel like we'll, yeah, we'll need ha- to tighten that it up. It was important to discuss the. Uh... <laughs> it's important for continuity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Rachel is uh, is actually in my neck of the woods this week, but uh, she she was like, "No, I don't want to record with you guys. I don't want to talk to you." Uh, it's been it's been probably like a full month since the last time I talked to Rachel on a podcast. You think Rachel Rachel Rachel's currently at the happiest place on earth? Oh, uh, Starbucks? <laughs> Starbucks. Um <laughs> she drove all the way to LA to go to a Starbucks. Um do you <laughs> Do you think she gets on roller coasters and she just sits there stone faced, just says Whoa. I K. Honestly, seriously though, <laughs> part of me thinks maybe. Like <laughs> Rachel is 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 hard to crack. <laughs> she is. She's a. She's a. She's like. She's the opposite of Humpty Dumpty. Rachel, how'd you th- how'd you like that roller coaster? Yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine. Or sorry. Let's see. I, let me. I can. Oh yeah, shit! I'm not using my my big mixer. I was gonna pitch up my voice and be Rachel, but I'm oh. using my Zoom, so I don't have that capability. But oh, well, everyone can imagine that hilarious bit. <laughs> it was very funny. Um. Well, uh, I think uh, I think we should we should get on into the the catch 'em ups. Um, Just fly right in like there's no tomorrow. Fly right in like there's is that a phrase? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, get, I just made it up. If you're like a kamikaze bomber, I guess that's fair. Huh. Huh. Anyway, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's 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 catch 'em up, Matt. I actually we we both yes. we both discovered a new comic this week. Oh shit. We, Oh, we did. We did uh, a new series, and I think like after after both of us read this the the first issue, I think we kind of agree that this might be the next like the next sort of big thing, like the next Spider Man, the next big superhero uh, that everyone's going to be crowding in droves for. Oh, undoubtedly, it was very impressive. Um, and it was uh, so so the comic we're talking about um, this new superhero book uh, from let's see, Image Comics. Um, uh, they have this new superhero book uh, called Invincible, and it's it's kind of interesting. I, I don't know, like, would you say, Matt, it's like a, somewhere between, like, Spider-Man and Superman, some sort of mishmash a of those bit, two? Yeah, a little bit of that, and uh, 
but it was also a little like uh, Breakfast Club, like high school kind of mm. theme thing going on. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there was definitely kind of a John Hughes so, sort of vibe. I'm a little, I'm a little worried there that you know get a little too teen thing, drama. Yeah, too teen drama. I don't think I'm going to be. It, 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 unless it makes some big shift at some point, I'm probably not going to stick with it. Really? Because I see. I actually. I. I don't know. I feel like there's strong, strong potential with this one. Um, it's so. Let's see. It's written by a guy. I didn't recognize any of the names here. Um, his name. His name is Robert Kirkman. He hasn't really done much. The only other thing, uh, he did a a comic book adaptation of The Walking Dead. You know the the TV show. Oh, uh-huh. Apparently they did a, a comic book adaptation of that, and so he's he's done that, but I don't really see anything else on here. Huh. Um, is, is it any good? Uh, I, I haven't read that, honestly. I, I, you know, I only watch the TV show. I'm kind of a purist. I don't really like adaptations. Uh, yeah, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pull it up here real quick. Okay. Give it a look-see. Um, yeah, yeah. Let me know, let me know what it looks like. Um, for an, Oh, dude. Huh. They didn't even color it. It's black and white. What? Why? It's Lame. like... We've had color comics for for like fifty years at this point. They didn't even cover color their Walking Dead. Why would you? The Walking Dead is a TV show. It's not. Yeah, that's so weird. That doesn't make sense. No. Fucking. It's just anyway, hire, I, they're probably I, just like trying to save money. You know, like hire a colorist. Come on, respect so. yourself. Um, um, but they, so, so they anyway, have the, two artists on here, which to me says that they're you know that they're going to try and keep doing sort of like a monthly schedule. Um, wow. You know, they're uh, Corey Walker and Ryan Otley. How to recognize either of them? Um, I mean, it looks their art looks good, and yeah, so was good. you know, if it, it's rare that that a comic would have two separate artists on it, and so that must mean that they're they're committed for the long haul. Uh, but I, I think I think they're going to try and make this uh, the next superhero comic that just kind of goes forever. You know? Yeah. And so I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Honestly, like being at like the ground floor of a comic that will go for decades and decades. You know. Eventually, kind of like you know, action comics, it'll hit a thousand issues. I'm really, uh-huh. I'm really excited to sort of like be here at the ground level for that. Um, totally, and follow it along that that long journey. Yeah. So well, yeah, it'll be exciting. I, I, w- I wish him the best of luck. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, oh sh- shoot, uh, what's some breaking news? Actually, sorry, I just I just got a notification. Um, the, Did you? Yeah, some some news came out from Image Comics. It's weird that they uh, sent it directly to my mailbox. Um, that is weird. Oh, Todd McFarlane just texted you directly. Yeah, Toddy Toddy boy. Uh, looks like they they just. It's weird that we were talking about this um, right now, but they they just canceled Invincible. What? Yeah. Already? Already? After one issue? Yeah, man. I guess. Ugh, that's tough. I mean. <laughs> I guess, I guess superhero comics, you know, outside of Marvel and DC, it must be uh, must be hard to. I'm really bummed, man. I was excited for that comic. Huh. Well, oh well. Oh well. Um. Anyway, what 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 else you been doing this week? Um, uh, I don't know, man. Just getting real bummed that I just found out about this amazing comic, Invincible, and it already already canceled. I know. It's really uh, that's a disappointment. I, I guess I'll I'll keep that one issue and kind of remember remember for what it was. Um. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I sorry, I was just I was just I I had a moment, I was just lamenting that they'll that like you know, that Invincible will never get to I don't know, like hundred and forty four issues. Yeah. That that is kinda of disappointing. I feel like that would be a that'd be a, a real sort of good number to hit. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I think if you get to hundred and forty four you probably you probably did your duty. Yeah. 
I know it's it's disappointing to see something that, that will never hit that because it's. I mean, they they had already said that they were like, you know, this this is going to go forever. Um, you know, and so it's 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 disappointing to see uh to see their hopes dashed like that, and that they'll never they'll never hit issue one forty four or or any other issue. Yep. Oh well. Oh well. Um, anyway, what have I what have I been doing? You know what I've been doing? I've been reading um, Jason Aaron's current run of Thor. Uh. Thor, the God of Thunder, the Mighty Thor, yes. Thor, God of Thunder. Oh, so like you're 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 starting back from his beginning of it, and and you're you're gonna take the long haul all the way through. I went back to the most recent number one. <laughs> oh, so it's still Jane Foster Thor. It's Jane Foster. Okay. So did it just... get switched back over to Thor? Thor. Uh, sort of, maybe. So there's Thor, God of Thunder, which was Odin's son. Then there was the Mighty yeah. Thor, which was Jane Foster. Then there was Thor, which was still Jane Foster. Um, and now, and then there was like the unworthy Thor, which was Odin's son. And I think yeah. they're back onto a different one. Maybe. I don't know. I, I get, I, don't know. I have no way of keeping track of Marvel's numbers anymore. No, no. I, I meant like in, in, in comics, did they, did, did Odin's son get the hammer back and Lady Thor's no longer? I also don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, don't I don't know. know. Okay. Well, I'll let you know if I ever get there. Yeah. Um, uh, how, so how's Thor so far? It's good. It's really good. What's like? What's going on in in this arc? As far as you've read, like how how many issues have you read of this uh, this run? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how far I got. Um, yeah, she's just got cancer, and she's Thor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to answer your question, also, um, Jane Foster is still Thor as of February twenty first. Okay. Uh, yeah, there. She's got cancer, and then Malekith is like making a war of planes or whatever they call it. Were of when you throw planes at each other, yeah. Did uh, is Malekith any better than uh, Thor Dark World Malekith? Mm, I don't know. I liked Thor Dark World Malekith, really. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, the character itself is okay, it's it's not, but the movie doesn't do the character justice. I, yeah, well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, the the sure, like the design for Malekith was okay in the movies and stuff, but like. I that villain maybe to me was the worst Marvel villain. Ooh, I think my least favorite Marvel villain is Yellow Jacket. Really? Yeah, don't care for him. I was okay He's with Yellow Jacket. I don't like him. Oh, I know. Um, or you know who else I do, who else I don't like is uh, uh, Obadiah in Iron Man One. Really? You don't like Obadiah? Not so much, dude. I love Obadiah. Jeff yeah. Bridges, man, he's fucking, he's primo. Uh, don't get me wrong, I like Jeff Bridges a lot. He was good, but man, I, I don't know. My big Marvel villain that I don't like is Red Skull. Like Malekith is first, I think, and then Red Skull is the other one that I'm just like, shut up, stop, I hate you. Which is so unfortunate because they picked the best actor for it. Yeah, seriously, I like, and that was the thing when they announced that Hugo Weaving was going to be Red Skull. I was like, oh, that's that's cool, Hugo Weaving, hell yeah. But nope. Just a just a big ball of disappointment. I wish they could. It's it's somewhat unfortunate that they. Well, I mean, maybe they can bring him back, but I'd like to. It'd be cool if they brought him back. Maybe he'll come back in Infinity War. Yeah, we need a. Maybe yeah. Hopefully, Infinity War is the cap. Uh, like caps off the current villain, and we get another big bad that can that can progress through a couple movies. Yeah, that'd be nice. Because right now it's mostly been Loki, right? Pretty much, it's it's I been know, it's been Loki, I mean, and then know, Thanos gets tossed in. I know, I know Thanos is there, but he's thrown in. He's not really. 
active in the movies. So we, yeah. I want some like a big bad that's relatively active throughout the movies. Like, ugh, like fucking Doctor Doom, man. We need Doctor Doom. That would be great, actually. If 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 the uh, if the what's it called um, merger acquisition, merger. yeah. If, if the acquisition goes through, then I, I feel like that would have to be sort of the direction to take it for the next uh, iteration is to to establish Doctor Doom. You know, you do your Fantastic Four movie that retcons them into into the Avengers situation, um, mm-hmm. and then yeah, and then just like establish Latveria, you know, that was built up in the ruins of um, Sokovia, and yeah, no, that's got everything going for it. It would. I I really think like that would be that's such an easy. There is really for Doctor Doom and the Fantastic Four. There's such an easy way to just intro them in. The Fantastic Four got lost in the wormhole that Tony Stark created in Avengers. Uh, and Doctor Doom, you know, went off to Europe and restored the the former nation of of Latveria, which was turned into Sokovia, which was then destroyed, and now is Latveria again. And he's he's a humanitarian, uh, exactly. a rich guy, you know. Yeah, well, and you could then you could do Doom War. What was and Doom if War? You haven't if you haven't read Doom War, read Doom War. Doom War is uh, Latveria versus Wakanda. Oh, that's really and cool. And it's. And it's fucking amazing. It's like an eight issue or nine issue miniseries, and it's so fucking cool. Do you know who wrote that? Or Drew? I don't. No? I'll look Off it up. The top of my head, yeah, look it up. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually just read earlier that, <coughs> excuse me, is um, Jonathan Mabry. Oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> that guy. He's. I mean, he's he's written some stuff. Um. Jonathan it's, Mayberry, um, a lot of TV stuff, and then he's done a few like random like Black Panther and shit mm. like that. The comic is the Doctor Doom's covert overthrow of the royal family of Wakanda and the following clash with various members of the superhuman community. Hmm. Um, I think that I I haven't read enough Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom stuff. I I should read a lot more. Hmm. Same with like X Men. I'm I'm so shallow in my X Men reading. I am, yeah. I X Men was like the big thing I was reading everything of, and now it's just like I can't even keep track of anything. Yeah, I think I've. Um, I think in total I've probably le- read about ten issues of X Men comics outside of like X Force. Mm, there's some pretty good stuff out there. Yeah, I, I just like I never want to go back to the Claremont stuff uh, no, in no, some no, ways. No, 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 no. The uh, the place I tell everyone to start is that Josh Josh Whedon's astonishing. Oh, I have read that. that you know, actually, I, I did read. I did read a good chunk of Joss Whedon's Astonishing and a good chunk of Grant yes. Morrison's. If you if you want to jump into X Men, I mean, it's, you still got a lot to get through, but it's a good starting point. Yeah, or Grand Design. Uh, that's a good one too. Well, but Grand Design's gonna just take you up. I mean, I see what you're saying, but like, if you want, there's some really good stuff starting from Astonishing, moving up. So you could do Grand Design, and then right after you're done with Grand Design, go to Astonishing, and that would be like a perfect sort of segue. There you go. And you miss all the Liefeld years. Thank God. Which I'm actually, I don't know. There's there's things in there that I like. Mm, I mean, yeah, sort of. It's it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> like when Wolverine goes like feral. It's so dumb. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's really dumb. Um, <laughs> what was it? God, this is like Sidetracks R.S. Yeah. Sidetracks R.S. Uh, uh, Thor. Thing. Oh, yeah. Whatever. I, I read some Thor. It's good. Um, Jason Aaron's a good writer. He is a great writer, and he writes Thor really well. Yeah, and he's got a really good understanding of uh, uh, Norse mythology and kind of plays a lot with that, and it's cool. Fuck yeah! Uh, what else did I do? 
I haven't done much. I, uh, other than seeing a couple films we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. Some nice films. Um, some films. Um, you know, I started playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 again. Ooh. That game's fun, man. It's fun. I used to really enjoy playing those games. Um, like, there was... What was the, the X-Men one that they had back in the day that wasn't... It was basically the same game as Ultimate Alliance, but older. Yeah, it's just X-Men, the arcade game. No, like, d- newer than that. Like, it, it was, like, on, like, the PS2. Oh, I don't know. Um, fuck, I, I, I can look it up. But yeah, keep going. Ultimate Alliance, What's what do you what do you enjoy about that game? I don't know. It's just, uh... It's a mindless button masher. And I thoroughly enjoy playing mindless button mashers. <laughs> Uh, so you know, for example, so I also played a little bit of Star Wars Battlefront, and that game's like just impossible. It's so hard. Mm. I'm not. I don't put any time into it to like quote get good, mm-hmm. and so I just suck and die a lot. <laughs> suck and die. Also, the title just, of my autobiography. Yep. <laughs> uh, no. So you know, it's all right. It's it's a uh, it's a mindless thing to play and enjoy and have fun with. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. Very nice. Yeah, dig it. Yeah, I'm sure something else will pop into my head, but yeah. Well, we got we got Not plenty to talk right about today. Now <laughs> we got plenty to talk about today. Um, I uh, I just reread um the first uh first arc of Royal City, Jeff Lemire's Royal City. Okay, that comic like and and I know we've talked about it before, but fuck is that comic just amazing? Like it's so good. And like creepy and depressing and like I it, like I, I the biggest thing is that that it does just feel like you know and people talk about this a lot um, that the biggest thing that that a reader or a viewer can detect in in storytelling is honesty mm-hmm. and this this comic just oozes honesty it's 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 coming from such a real place um, and such a raw emotional place while also telling a very sort of supernatural and, you know, kind of unreal story. Mm-hmm. But it's just everything around it. The characters, the world, the, you know, sort of like the city that it's placed in, um, the the feelings and anxieties that these characters have are all such... They, they all just feel so real um, that it makes, the you know, sort of like the clarity and the power of, of uh, the storytelling in it just come through really strong and... Again, it's like Jeff Lemire's art is weird and hard to get into uh, for a lot of people, but man, does it fit this comic so well? Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I can't recommend Royal City highly enough. Like it's it's maybe my favorite comic book out right now. The only other comic yeah, book, that, the the only one that I might enjoy more is Mister Miracle. Maybe. Yeah, but I don't know. It's and it's I, just good. Yeah, I you know I. I'm gonna I'm gonna take your word for it. <laughs> is it why why is it that you don't want to read Royal City? Just don't have any interest. Uh, nothing 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 in that book is just like pulls is is pulling me towards it at all. Really? Even yeah. hearing everyone talk about how good it is? Yep. Even that. Because wow. that's the thing. It it's you know, it's uh what is it? I, th- there's so much to read that unless you're like for me, I guess for me, unless I'm like, fuck yeah, I really want to read this, I just I won't mm. because there's so many, there's so much else that I want, I do want to read actively. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes sense. Just can't, Dis- it's disappointing because I know you'd love it. Yeah, it's okay. 
Even one That's issue? You could just read like one little issue? I'll make it. I'll make it through. I just, I can't, I don't like his art at all. <laughs> art, is, art is so important to me in, in a comic book. Even like it, art will make art will make or break the 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 comic for me, no matter how good the story is. What if you just read like the first three pages, just to like see if it's what, working for you? What if you read it to me over the phone? Ooh, I could do that. And then dis- describe, and describe each panel, yeah. make it like yeah. an ASMR thing. Mm-hmm. And then he walks over to the hospital bed. Yeah, don't do that. And he touches him lightly on the face. Yeah, so not into it. His supple cheeks. <laughs> but it's like it's super. It's super like sad right it's like it's a pretty heavy de- kind of sad depressing story right yes but it's also uplifting in a weird way uh okay no guarantees bud no guarantees all right that's a, for 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 anyone who's who's you know put off by jeff lemire's art or anything i the biggest challenge is like just just give the first issue a shot just read like you know read read like five pages in and just see how it is maybe matt won't do it but maybe you the listener will maybe you will um yeah, I did that, and then I, I started uh, reading *The War of Art* um, uh-huh. by Stephen Pressfield. Uh, it's a book about overcoming uh, internal resistance, um, uh-huh. as sort of in the process of creation, and it's really good. It was it was recommended. Um, I listened. I was listening to, or actually reading, uh, an interview with Jonathan Hickman. And he was talking about how that book sort of like changed his his creative life, and and you know he felt like it was a an instrumental part of him becoming uh, successful in comics. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, well, shit, if it's good enough for Hickman, it's good enough for me. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, started uh, so I started reading it, and it, it is damn good. The guy the guy who writes it, uh, Stephen Pressfield, he's very much a God fearing man, and so he does mention God a lot in the book, but it's not necessarily like. Like I don't think a belief in God is is necessary to um to sort of take the the message of the book to heart. Um, sure. And it's I don't know it's it's just really first off it's not a a bloated book you know what I mean and I've I've talked about that a bit I I I have a big problem with just like meandering prose that that fluffs up its its sort of page count for no reason. Uh-huh. Um, but this book is is very lean. Um. And and it gets right to the point, and, and for me at least thus far, it's it's been very helpful in sort of getting my own creative process more organized, um, and just kind of like improving my creative life. Because especially lately, my schedule's been kind of insane, but I've been trying to make sure that that doesn't sort of become an, an excuse not to write or not to draw. Um, sure. And so it's it's been very helpful in just like making sure that I'm managing my schedule in a way where I'm, I'm still sort of getting stuff done. Um, cause I've got fucking three comics that I'm writing right now and I, I don't want to just like let any of them go by the wayside, but, huh. but yeah, so it's, it's a good book. If you're, if you're a creative person or, or even just a person in general that wants to kind of improve your, uh, your, your, your schedule in life and ability to overcome your own internal resistance. So uh, the war of arts, a, a great book and it's, it's like a Look play on words too. Like the art of war, you know? Yep. I get it. Like a, like Sun Tzu. Yep. It's a book. It's a, it's a book. <laughs> I, I've read that book. Yeah. Have you? Uh, yeah, I have. A long time ago. Huh. But yeah, I read it. Interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that yeah. about you. Um, huh? Ham? I said I wouldn't have guessed What'd that you about say? you. Oh. I, I've read books. I'm a, I'm a man of the world. I'm a real, <laughs> I'm an educated man. Oh, look at that. Would you look at that? <laughs> um, should we talk about Black Panther first, or should we talk about uh, the Image Expo first? 
let's get through Image Expo real quick. Um, Just I, the highlights. I, 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 yeah, give me the highlights. So I read through the entire announcement, mm-hmm. and I gotta say, I, uh, I, I don't want to say underwhelming, but I, I will say like, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know that much. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to say, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't recognize it. It was the nothing really was like popping out at me. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, I think that's a big part of this year is is that, you know, and, and Eric Stevenson talked about it. He's Eric Stevenson's the publisher of Image Comics, for those who don't know. Um, he talked about in his keynote that they want to consistently maintain a good balance of bringing in new creators that people might not recognize, you know, kind of like they yes. did last year with Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw with God Country. Um, you know, and he talked about that in his keynote, how God Country was one of those rare comics that, you know, they, they had a writer that not a lot of people knew, an artist that not a lot of people knew, um, yet every single issue of that comic sold higher than the last one, which is very rare. Um, <clears throat> and so that's that's what they're kind of trying to do, is strike that balance of bringing in established names and, and you know creators who people recognize, but also sort of introducing more creators to a wider audience. And I think that's right. a lot of what this announcement is. I think there are a lot of younger names that people might not recognize in there. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think will make it, you know, more exciting when the comics come out. But as far as the announcement goes, yeah, it's not going to make ripples like when they announced that Brian K. Vaughn was doing Saga. Sure. Um, no, and, and I and I and I very much so appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now for me, it's that's why I kind of want to hear what your highlight reel is. And then and then now for me, it's kind of like, you know, wait till stuff sort of drops and gets some sort of movement behind it too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for me, for me, the highlights the the first one that that's um, that I'm really excited for is Blackbird. Uh, it's written by Sam Humphreys, who was just on the show actually uh, a few days ago. Um, yeah, and he and he kept that announcement a secret. He's like he like teased like yeah I got a, I got a creator own book coming out, but I can't talk about it yet. Um, mm. If only if only I had realized that he was going to make an announcement at Image Expo, then I would have been like oh it's okay this doesn't come out till after we can talk about it. Oh, oh well, um, we'll have him back on. Uh, but it's it's Sam Humphreys and Jen Bartel, who's a, a younger artist. She's been doing work for you know Marvel and DC and IDW, a lot of covers and stuff like that. Um, but I think, as far as I know, this is her first kind of like big ongoing series, and it's also uh, uh, her first creator-owned book, as far as I know. Um, but she's a fantastic artist. I'm really excited. Um, and Blackbird is basically a modern story um, that follows a young woman named Nina who discovers. Uh, a neon lit world of magic masters in Los Angeles. Um, and they've kidnapped her sister and Nina is the only one who can save her. Uh, it is huh. described as Harry Potter. And I know this is going to make you uh, shy away, but it's described as Harry Potter meets Riverdale. And to me, huh. that is just music to my ears. Uh, sure. But I know that, that for you, you've got a little, you've got a little hangups on, uh, on Riverdale. Oh, I have a confession to make. Actually, what? that just compl- that completely reminded me. What? Uh, no, 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 I've never watched Riverdale. God damn Not it! That. Fuck. But I did read the first volume of Chip Zdarsky's Jughead. Oh, yeah. How are you liking it? It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chip Zdarsky's a great writer, and I, I can see a lot of the fun in there, and I see. I can definitely see why people are enamored with it and why it's getting sort of the critical praise that it is that it is. Uh-huh. And why and why probably the Archie series as a whole is getting a lot of love with the Mark Wade run. Yeah. Uh, but I don't have any uh 
I have no connection to the characters. Like I'm not. There's no nothing's like. Ooh, I like that. I'm really. I'm feeling this. You know. Yeah. So worth. It was absolutely worth reading, and I'm not like it doesn't pull me in. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. your 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 chippy your chippy dropped you on this one. No, he didn't drop me. Uh, I, he just wasn't speaking my language. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. But, but there, you, but but there you go. I I tried. <laughs> I that's that's all that counts. Trying is trying is half the battle, as GI Joe used to say. Yeah. Yep. Um, the next one, and this this one's like not one that I'm like super high on, but I'm very interested. Um, it's called Bloodstrike Brutalists. It's based on a Rob Liefeld property. Um, or it's it is a Rob Liefeld property, but it's being done by uh Mikel Fife who is a Cuban cartoonist. Um, he's done a bunch of kind of like indie comics. He's kind of like in that same realm as Ed Pisker, but sort of on a smaller kind of reach. Um, but he's he's writing, drawing, and uh, doing the covers and everything. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know, I'm just, I'm interested to see an indie creator like this put his hands on something like a Rob Liefeld's Bloodstrike, you know? Uh-huh. And... It just I don't know, it looks interesting and the art's crazy and so I'm excited by that about that one. Um and then, you know, there's some other ones like Crowded looks pretty interesting, but it's not a huge highlight for me. I'm not super familiar with Chris Sabella's work, but the art does look amazing. However, mm-hmm. uh the the second sort of like big highlight for me is Dead Guy Fan Club. Uh this is written and drawn by Annie Wu of uh Hawkeye and Black Canary fame. She also worked on the yeah. Venture Brothers. Um yeah. Uh, in this new series, the founders of a rock star's fan club reunite in adulthood to investigate the suspicious death of their hero and the huh. involvement of an unhinged member of their old flock. Huh. Um, it's like a kind of a black comedy weird thing. And really just having more Annie Wu back in comics is a great thing because I've been waiting to see what she's going to do next for like two years now. Huh. One of my okay. favorite artists. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah. Um, Jerry Duggan's doing a new series with John McRae called Dead Rabbit. Uh, I'm excited for that for sure. Mike Spicer is also a great colorist. Um, it's described as having shades of Unforgiven, The Equalizer, and Robin Hood. You know, I'm I am definitely curious about that one. Yeah, because um, it seems like it's a little westerny, maybe. Yeah, it's like kind of westerny and kind of like yeah, it's but but still sort of modern setting. I don't know. It it's very. Uh, Interesting. It's it's about a, a former mercenary and gun for hire who's forced out of retirement with predictably funny and violent results. And I mean Jerry Duggan, yeah. come on. Yeah, uh, Jerry Duggan's Jerry Duggan's good. I he I I'm curious to see what I mean because kind of Deadpool's really been his big thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of I'm curious to see what how else how he pulls something else out. Yeah, he and he actually he did a, a miniseries, um, Batman Arkham Manor that was really good. I think you'd actually enjoy that a lot. Um, mm. And yeah, I, I'm excited to see what he does in the creator-owned realm because, as far as I know, he hasn't done any creator-owned books before. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but this one, I'm I'm surprised that this one hasn't uh, hasn't gotten you buzzing. Um, well, I know where you're going, and it it's continue. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is uh, Death or Glory. Um, it's written by Rick Remender with art by Bengal. Um, and it is uh, a high-speed convoy crime thriller rocketing across the American West. Uh, it examines our dwindling freedoms and the price paid by those who fight for an untethered life on the open road. Yeah. So 
that's what doesn't appeal to me as much about it is it's it's like truckers sort of what what yeah i don't know I, i'll so let me I'll, let me I'll, let me tell you a little more yeah uh Meet Glory, raised free in a convoy off the grid amid the last men and women truckers fighting automation to continue living the American mythology of the open road. Now, in order to pay for her beloved dying father's surgery, Glory has three days to pull off a four dangerous cross-country heists with mob killers, crooked cops, and a psycho ex-husband all out to bring her in or die trying. Yeah. So it's more, I mean, it's not like... I mean, it's 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 a girl who was raised by truckers and stuff, but it's really about her like doing some some crazy heists and Fast and Furious type stuff. Yeah, you're not um, you're not you're not into that. Doesn't it's not my favorite Dude. sort of setting, but uh, it is it is my boy Rick, so I'll yeah. I'll, I'll definitely give it a whirl. Well, Bengal is an amazing artist. Like I know totally. I mean, it's 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 got everything going for it except for like theme. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, uh, I'd be remiss to, you know, not read, read a comic written by my boy, but yeah. man, there's like, yeah. it's, it's funny because that literally like that comic could not be more up my alley. Oh yeah. So I, it could be, Hey man, you know, high stuff is cool and yeah. it could be amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, guess we'll find out. How is he, how is he going to do it? How's he pulling that off, man? What do you mean? That, mo- that motherfucker is currently writing. Deadly class seven to infinity black science low. Well, black science is coming to a close. Oh, is it? Yeah, as far as I know. Oh, okay, I'm pretty sure black science is about to end. Actually, oh, okay. Still, I know low's still going. Yeah, Se- seven to eternity is like probably right now just hitting its stride. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about deadly class. I imagine it's still kicking strong. Yeah, deadly class will still be going for a while, especially with the TV show. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Black Science is five issues from ending, so he's probably done writing Black Science. Oh wow. Um, okay. So he's just filling the that ga- that hole there. Basically, I think so. Uh, he, I mean, he still like, is he, very prolific. He's like, he's like, I can do four. I can do four at a time. And that, that's, I think that's where most professional creators want to be. Writers say that typically you want to be writing one issue a week. Uh, uh-huh. And so I, I think that's exactly where a lot of people are trying to strike. Unless you're Brian K. Vaughn and you can get away with doing two. Um, Sure, or two to a month rather. Um, right, but yeah, it, that that's exactly what it looks like. He's got low seven to eternity, deadly class, and now uh, he'll fill that other gap with uh, death or glory. And I don't think this huh. is an ongoing. I think that this is going to be like a contained like a story. Yeah, mm. that's kind of cool. I like that 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 raises it a little bit, just because I think ongoings can be a little hard. Because you you never know if they're going to pull it off or not. Yeah, it feels. I mean, it it feels like since they're not saying it's a miniseries, it feels like they're going to kind of feel it out and see how the response is. Um, sure. If I were to guess, I'd say this this will probably go somewhere around like twelve issues. You know, do like three story arcs or something. Yeah. Um. Well, that's still fun. Yeah, you know. Um, and then J.H. Williams and Hayden Blackman are doing a comic called Echo Lands, and you know they're the they're 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 a well-known team. Um, and so I'm uh, I'm I'm interested to see what that is. I don't really know uh, much about it, and it's definitely not super up my alley. Um, but you know, and they haven't really said much other than 
Uh, a mythic fiction genre mashup, uh, a tale where the last war on Earth starts with Hope's sticky fingers. And that's like literally all they fucking said about it. Hmm. Um, but it looks like a very sort of magic-y J.H. Williams type of story. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, there's other stuff like Rob Guillory is doing a series called Farmhand. Todd McFarlane announced like five different um, Spawn, Spawn series. <laughs> which, okay. which is kind of, which I'm like, really, dude? Yeah, it was very For weird. Reals? I, I think I mean the, I think the big reason he's doing that is they've got that Salmon Twitch TV series that's in development at HBO. Plus, Todd McFarlane is writing and directing a Spawn movie uh, from I think Blumhouse. But do you think it's really going to get off the ground? I I think so, just because they're working with like a micro budget, like they're they're working <sighs> with around the same budget that Get Out had, huh? And it's the same studio that did Get Out. Um, sure, but like I don't know, man. Uh, do, do people care anymore? There are a lot Spawn? of Spawn fans still. Okay, because it's Just it's checking. it's kind of like what we're seeing. You know, lately we've been seeing a lot of this sort of resurrection of '90s stuff because mm-hmm. the kids who grew up on the initial Image comics are now you know like into their careers and into adulthood creating stuff. Um, and I think that there's a lot of you know that 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 sort of nostalgia is about to hit the upswing, kind of like the '80s nostalgia did for for a few years and and still kind of is. Um, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's transitioning into nineties nostalgia. And so we're seeing things like spawn and, and blood strike and young blood and whatever the fuck else. Um, Deadpool. I, oh, isn't there who, blood strike? Isn't that the Vin Diesel one? Uh, bloodshot is the Vin Diesel one. Bloodshot. That's right. Yeah. Which I'm actually excited for just because if they're basing it on all the stuff that Lemire did with that character, then, then hell yeah, I'm down. Um, I'm also, God, I'm, I'm so sad about the Valiant acquisition and them forcing out the people who resurrected Valiant and made it a very respected and amazing publisher. Um, yeah. Cause I, God, I've, I've been digging into Valiant lately, and I've been loving it. Have you? I tried. I, I, I read, uh, what was the one you recommended? Oh, was it The Valiant? No. Was it? It's about the, it's about the Russian guy who goes to space and comes back. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, Divinity. Divinity. Yeah, I read volume one of Divinity, and I was kind of into it, and then at the end, when it's like when it's like some super team shows up, and it's like I'm Ninjak, I was like, Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> can't do it. Ninjak's pretty great. Can't. I would so I just it's it hits every like part of my like you know keep in mind like I I was I was in the nineties I was like that I was the age right yeah. like I'm 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 that I'm that nineties kid you were you're just talking about yeah and. Back then, I was like, "This is the dumbest." <laughs> it's so dumb. Like, I couldn't get into like the, all the Liefeld stuff, all the like, all the stupid cheesy '90s characters and the dumb names and the like. Ugh, I just never could get into it. And then, so I'm reading this Divinity, and then like, they all just show up at the end of the comic, like we're all this super team, and it's like all the names are so dumb, and I was just like, I can't. Exo Exo Manowar, and I was just like, Dude, "Ugh, you should read Exo like, Manowar." I can't get it's, into it. Man. It's a crazy ass space opera. It's so good. I just, it's I have s- such a hard time getting into it. Ah, oh, man, you're missing I out. Just, I, uh, well, maybe, but you know, that's kind of going back to yeah. Now I'm now I'm the like disgruntled butthole on the podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> every every podcast has one. Every podcast has one, but I just, I don't know, I just can't, I'm not feeling it. I hear you. Um, another one that, that that did stand out that I'm interested to see is uh, Leviathan. 
So mm-hmm. this is written by John Lehman, who wrote Chew. Um, he's finally making his return. Um, yeah. with oh, I heard, I I did this one did kind of pique my curiosity a little bit. Yeah. Well, so it's it's with art by Nick Patera, who did uh, the Manhattan Projects as well as Red Wing with Jonathan Hickman. Um, and I've never really loved Nick Patera's art. However, this yeah, I didn't. Go ahead. I didn't love it in Manhattan Project. Yeah, me neither. It's it was it was it's just it's it's always struck me as as kind of odd, especially with yeah. Hickman's writing. I've always just found it like a strange fit. Um, yeah. However, the the pages that they've shown for Leviathan look fucking insane. Oh, cool. He's like he's going balls to the wall, and I just heard an interview with him, and he he sounds like he is just all sorts of stoked and maybe coked up. I'm not sure. Um, mm. But I mean, it's just like giant kaiju monster type things, and like these these pages are nuts. Like there's so much detail he's pouring into them, um, and I think this is the type of thing that that he's well fit for, where his kind of like bizarre, sort of quirky style is is shining most. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and it's 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 crazy. It's like a um, they they say it's Godzilla by way of black magic. So it's giant right. monsters, black magic, and true love. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds fun, and I, I enjoyed. I read a, some of Chew. I read a good chunk of it, and it was uh, kind of weird and stuff. But I, I enjoyed the writing style a lot. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to it's, see. You know, John Lehman has been hit and miss. Like his his uh, company owned stuff has not been wonderful. Um, right. But yeah, I, I I enjoyed what I read of Chew, and and obviously he's a guy who people love, but. Yeah, um, and then Chris Sabella has another uh, book, Shanghai Red, that looks interesting. Um, and there's Son of Hitler, and th- I think The Weatherman will be one of those sneaky hits. This is a, a team that like not tons of people necessarily know, um, but it looks it looks really good. A uh, local weatherman and fun-loving amnesiac Nathan Bright uh, was just a normal guy living the good life on terraformed Mars, but the past Nathan didn't know he had. Uh, or, but the past Nathan didn't know he had comes back to murder him when he's accused of carrying out the worst terrorist attack in human history, an event that wiped mm-hmm. out nearly the entire population of Earth. Um, yeah, it's I like the I like that concept there. That sounds fun. Yeah, it looks great. And then obviously the the other the last one that that really stands out to me is um, what's the furthest place from here? Uh, it's created by Matthew Rosenberg and Tyler Boss, who are the creators of Four Kids Walk Into a Bank, which was one of my favorite comics last year. Um, uh-huh. Excited to see them coming over to Image, um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I really don't care what it's about, honestly, just because those guys are working <laughs> on it. I'm like, cool, I'm good with that. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. But it tells the story of a, of a gang of young punks getting lost in the wasteland of America after their youngest member disappears. Their quest to find her may put them in a fight to survive against the most deadly terrain, most dangerous gangs, and maybe even each other, or maybe not. Huh. Either way, they're going to find out how the world ended. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked. Uh, anyway, yeah. those are those are the the highlights from uh, Image Expo, and I'm always excited to to hear about new stuff coming from Image. I agree. Image is the uh, reigning champ right now in my mind. Yeah, and if anyone uh, is is um, I, I I feel like if you're if you're curious about this kind of thing, you should look up um, Eric Stevenson's keynote from Image Expo this year. They have a transcript uh, on the Image Comics website, and it's a very uh, first off, insightful, but also just kind of inspiring speech about the direction of comics and the direction of creator-owned comics, um, mm-hmm. and just kind of the current state of them. It's I don't know. It's it's just it's great to to see stuff like this, especially with Image sort of leading the way. 
Um, but just that comics are continuously going more and more toward letting creators do whatever the hell they want and and believing in creators. Right. Um, I don't know. Super super inspiring read. Cool. Uh, anyway, movie time. Ta- uh, movie movie movies. I saw some movies. Did, you saw some movies too, huh? I did. Uh, before we talk about the movies, we should really quick do do a, a quick uh, quick little ad read for Comic Bento. They uh, they sponsored this episode. Um, yeah. And uh, there are, as you're listening to this, there's two days left in the short stories slash tall tales months box for February. Uh, but don't worry, there's going to be another one coming next month. Uh, however, short stories tall tales. Um, February is a cold, bleak, and short month, so what better time to curl up next to a warm fire or bath and explore some short stories that are really some tall tales. Almost 20 different stories across four books, genres, and universes, all inside one handy-dandy box. But hurry, as mentioned, it's a short month, and short stories, tall tales, will only be here until February 28th, 2018. Um, if you go to, to comicbento.com and use the promo code SAVAGE, you can get $5 off your first box. So that's comicbento.com. Use the promo code SAVAGE. Get yourself a box of comics. They make you happy. And uh, it's, you know, maybe maybe you won't be so curmudgeonly like Matt and try something that maybe you wouldn't normally pick up. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, all right. Should we talk about Black Panther first or Annihilation? Oh, man. You pick. Um, let's go with Annihilation. We're not going to talk super spoiler heavy. Uh, yes. Because... No, I, think, I think we should leave it, leave it, leave it open. It's also, like pretty hot and fresh and yeah it's and fresh i don't think a lot of people are going to see it i don't think it's like yeah totally exactly um and rachel i know rachel's gonna want to talk about it um i enjoyed it i i don't know uh fully how i'm how i feel about it i feel like i need to see it one more time to really make my decision as uh-huh. far as i read in the book uh this was definitely a loose adaptation um but it was very interesting and definitely contains one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen in a movie. Like, there's a scene that is just utterly disturbing in a really good way. Yes, so good. <laughs> but I don't know. That's how I felt about it. How about you? Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was amazing. I, it, it's, it's uh, science fiction done right, mm. you know. And it, it, I don't know. I just thought it was absolutely brilliant and doesn't doesn't answer anything and leaves it well it does a little bit but it like it leaves a bunch open and it's just surreal and ah it's just amazing so good yeah and that and that terrifying scene you spoke of one of the best things i've seen on screen in a long time (laughs) that was i mean it was just it was very inventive oh so cool yeah there's there's you're not likely to see a thing that's very similar to that in in any movie prior to this I'm sure it'll get no. imitated in the future. Uh, yes, yeah. With how, yeah. With how yeah, unsettling yeah, yeah. it is, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was really cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not fully made up on whether I loved it or anything like that. Um, but obviously, Alex Garland is a very talented writer and director. Um, the cast was incredible. Um, you know, all, all, all in all, like it was a very well-made movie. I'm just still trying to decide if, if I loved it or not. Sure. No, I, I, yeah, I just thought it was great, yeah. and it is. It, you're, you're not wrong. It's a very loose adaptation of the book, mm. and uh, all the way to Alex Garland said he re- read the book once and then wrote the screenplay, likening it to a dream of the book. Huh. So he's not even really, which I really appreciate because the book's so fucking weird already. Like that book is borderline. If you tried to match the book, you would never be able to. 
Yeah. If that makes if that makes sense. There's just no way you could adapt the book to make it like as close to the book as possible without making it like a borderline incomprehensible movie. Yeah, I um, I agree there. As far as I've read, it was there's definitely some stuff that would just be tough to pull off in film. Yeah. So how he sort of made an actual like narrative out of it and he pulled it through and he did everything I don't know. He he did all that. I thought it was just fantastic, absolutely fantastic. I will say um, Jennifer Jason Lee was just like fucking unsettling the entire time. Like I she was giving me so much anxiety just watching her. Oh, I loved that. What such a perfect ca- uh, casting for that character. Yeah, absolutely. And there's like the the oh. sort of interview scenes with Natalie Portman also like just looking at her and trying to figure out what the the hell's going on with her. Like, I don't know. It's great. I mean, can we just I mean like Natalie Portman. Yeah. Fucking holy shit. Yeah. Uh out of nowhere, man. Yeah, and I mean everyone like every that's that's the craziest thing is like everyone in this movie is just really good. Gina Rodriguez was also just totally on point, especially the in the scene that we were talking about. Um mm-hmm. you know Tessa Thompson. Uh, Tessa Thompson, of course, like she although I will say as the more I see of Tessa Thompson between Creed and um Thor and and Annihilation she definitely has sort of her go-to mannerisms for a character where she's like kind of got her hood up and she's like holding her sleeves very long and just like her sort of like introverted yeah. kind of weird person thing. She's definitely, I didn't get that from Thor at all. Well, I mean, there, there is sure. Thought, like she's very bold in Thor, but there are a couple of mannerisms in that movie that, that are, that were very similar. Sure. I mean, she's got, she's got some serious swagger in Thor that she does not have at all in yes. Annihilation. No, and I, I do agree. Um, there, there is, she does branch out a bit in Thor, but like if, and I know you didn't see Creed and, and have no interest in it, but Creed was an amazing movie and there, there were definitely a lot of similarities between this character and the one she played in Creed. Either way, still phenomenal and, and super enjoyable, but it was just like one of those things mm-hmm. that I was noticing like, huh, she, she does go back to a lot of sort of, uh, tentpole mannerisms. Um, mm-hmm. Benedict Wong, I'm always like caught in that middle ground of like this guy is either a phenomenal actor or maybe very average. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you. Like he just, he's he, he he's got like the face and the voice just like kind of like carries half the weight for him. Yeah, I agree. You know, <laughs> I agree. But I, but I really like him. I like him a lot. So he's it, it works. It's just yeah. Uh, I do too, and I mean, it's it's one of those things where, like, for whatever reason, sometimes there's a movie that you just love, and pretty much anybody who was in that movie, you're always like, just like willing to be on board with. Yeah, uh, that is The Martian for me. Anytime anybody from The Martian is in anything, I'm like, all right, sick, dope, let's do it, let's see. Um, sure. You know, and so it's like Mackenzie, what's her name, Mackenzie Davis, uh, who played like the little the the research assistant girl. Anytime I see her in something, I'm like, okay, cool, I'm gonna go see that. Um, yeah. same with like Axel Henney and, and, you know, obviously Sebastian Stan and Kate Mara, uh, Michael Pena. Like, I don't know. God, the Martian was great, right? It was great. Except actually it Jessica Chastain is the one exception. I don't give her a yeah, pass. I don't love her. I don't love her. Yeah. She has a weird, she has a weird thing that she does with her voice and inflections that just bothers me. Um, anyway, but then obviously Oscar Isaac as well delivers, uh, yeah. delivers an Oscar Isaac worthy performance. Uh, totally. No, it's great um yeah no i would i mean uh, 10 out of 10 go see it definitely absolutely worth 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 of worth of viewing it's worth your dollar and or your your uh your day spent from movie pass yep um now the big one. Oh boy the, the gigantic the enormous the the juggernaut 
the 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 big the giant tentpole film. Uh, the fucking has already raked in seven hundred million. Yeah, like it's it's absolutely nuts. And of course, you you already know which movie we're talking about. We're talking about Game Night. Game Night, starring uh, Jason uh, George Bateman? Michael. Yeah, Jason, Jason Bateman. Bateman. Um, no, nah, we're kidding. Jenica wants to see that really bad. You know, I I kind of want to see it. It looks like it's probably pretty funny. I mean, yeah, J- John Francis Daly is is a pretty good director. Him and uh, I think Goldstein. You know, they they wrote Spider Man Homecoming. Um, they've directed they directed Horrible Bosses, and so I'm like, all right, it's fine by Which me. Which was fun. Yeah, exactly. It was a good enough comedy. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was. It's no hangover. I, la- I laughed. I laughed sometimes. <laughs> I laughed sometimes. Um. But no, let's 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 talk about Black Panther. Uh big Marvel movie. Obviously that's that's what we're about here. And you are right. Holy shit is this movie making money. Oh, it's insane. It's so how many times have you have have you seen it just once or more than once? I honestly I thought I would have seen it like three times at this point. I've only seen it once, but just because my schedule, as mentioned before, has been so insane that I haven't like had much time to see a movie. I would have seen it a second time if Annihilation hadn't come out. Uh-huh. Um, but the 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 movie time that was filled by Annihilation would have been Black Panther. But I'll probably end gotcha. up seeing it this week again. Yeah, I I surprisingly because uh, my usual go to is see it once and then wait a really long time. <laughs> yeah, but I did. I saw it twice in the opening weekend. It's I mean it's crazy. First off, this is the highest February opening weekend of all time. Not only that, it's the highest winter opening weekend of all time. Yep. It is the number five opening weekend of all time of any movie ever. Uh, it's it's the number one opening weekend of all time for a black director. Yes. Uh, the, here's here's the movies. Here's just like a couple of movies that Black Panther beat out for its opening weekend. Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain America Civil War, Beauty and the Beast, Iron Man 3, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, the last freaking Harry Potter movie this one beat out. Uh, the opening nights of... Dawn of Justice, Dark Knight Rises, and Dark Knight, as well as Hunger Games, Rogue One, like uh, Furious Seven, Guardians Two, like it is. There are only it's four. Crazy. Yeah, like the Avengers, Jurassic World, The Last Jedi, and The Force Awakens are the only movies that made more on the on their opening weekends, and it's not a huge margin between three of those. No, it's crazy. Yeah, and it's and it's also it's maintaining it's uh it's maintaining its its profits higher than than most blockbusters do the drop-off was oh, definitely yeah. a lot lower than um or sorry a lot less of a drop-off than than most blockbusters experience yeah it's incredible um it is a it is a proper global phenomenon yeah i mean it's 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 going to reach a billion dollars within the next you know week week and a half oh it's insane which is nice because now maybe uh, maybe studios won't feel the need to shoehorn in white people uh, in any movie that they feel like is supposed to be a wide release appealing to all audiences thing. Maybe they're like, oh, shit, exactly. we can we can do yeah. it with literally only two white people in the entire movie. Yeah, totally. Which is nice. It's nice when studios uh, are proven wrong on on dumb misconceptions. I agree. Um, but but in speaking about the film. What what let's let's talk some initial thoughts. What did you think of Black Panther? Well, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Yeah, it's a good solid story. I thought Michael B. Jordan was an excellent villain. Mm. Um, all the above, man. Just <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm sort of like it's you know you sort of like blow through everything you say about it in the first weekend, but mm. I just 
really liked it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really fun to have a uh another Marvel movie that wasn't trying to like like and Robert Downey Jr's here, you know? Yeah. And I, uh, it was there was like it was self-contained, which was really cool. Totally. And I was I was kind of I went into it expecting Winter Soldier to to like play a a sort of surprise, you know, large part in the movie. Um and I'm glad he didn't. I mean, I I, me, me, me too. I mean, I thought I thought for sure Steve Rogers was going to show up. Yeah, and apparently, apparently in in early stages, uh, Ryan Coogler was talking about this. In early stages, they were kind of uh, planning, and and like some of the early drafts did have Winter Soldier coming in for like the big sort of battle scene. Um, mm. But basically, they thought that it would be a very weird message uh, to just have like this this you know white assassin guy in the like just killing a bunch of black people you know what i mean like that it would just be a very strange thing to have yeah in the movie that um you know just considering the context and everything and so i but i'm I'm glad i'm glad this movie was so self-contained uh it's very rare in the marvel universe that a movie is able to to stand on its own without any real big universe tying things yes um i will say the heart-shaped herb definitely or or like the core of the the meteor maybe that crashed down into wakanda i think that is definitely the soul stone i mean that's what everybody says right yeah now. that's the uh, there's a there's no chance and that's probably why the wakanda battle happens in infinity war right. um, exactly i i will say so and i i did love the movie you know it's it follows a very familiar story arc you know i think it's it's got pretty much the same or or at least a similar story arc to most movies of this nature um right but with that being said i think it did a lot more with that story arc than than almost any marvel movie has um michael b jordan did, I, I like i don't necessarily i think that killmonger was a good villain i think that michael b jordan's performance as killmonger elevated a lot higher uh yeah and i think it also like having michael b jordan there being so charismatic and being just just chewing up scenery in the best way like he definitely overshadowed chadwick boseman i think by a large margin at least for me huh. yeah uh because you know i mean yeah i didn't go ahead i didn't get that but i also think i like what you're kind of touching on though because that's sort of like you know his charisma is what made it possible for killmonger to do what he did totally uh um and i think that I was the thing like is that. like you compare killmonger you know his he, he's he's brash and he's you know like kind of He's just very he's very charismatic, but the character of of T'Challa, the way that, you know, they've sort of written him and the way that, that Chadwick Boseman plays him, he's very like reserved and regal and collected. You know, he's not super like emotional. Um mm-hmm. which I think in some scenes, especially when contrasted with Michael B. Jordan, uh, it's just kinda like you sort of almost it's almost cold more than anything. Uh-huh. Um I don't know. I, I just thought it was interesting because, like, it was it was just so like because in in Civil War, Black Panther is one of those characters that like you're just like holy shit, this fucking guy, like this guy is awesome. Uh, yeah. Whereas in this movie, he's kind of the the straight man to everything going on around him. If that makes sense, kind of. I yeah. I I also thought he had a lot of like he's got a lot of he. I liked he's still got a lot of like smirk to him and he kind of he got you know surrounds himself with some like fun humor and swagger and stuff and i yeah 
I, I just think I, yeah. I think a large majority of the humor in this movie was coming from characters around T'Challa, which makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying that that's a fault. It's just one of those things where sure. I think it made it easy for Michael B. Jordan's character to overshadow him. You know, sure. and then you also have um, his sister. I forget her name. What's her name? Uh, uh, Shuri. Shuri. Uh, you know, with her and him as well, like her sort of humor and wit and kind of like that weird like sprightly energy that she kind of has. Um, it definitely, it was another thing where it's like, you know, you're, you're watching her and, and sort of just like feeling his reactions to what she's doing. Um, uh-huh. but not, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's like, there's a lot of, of just sort of T'Challa being kind of the, the envoy for the audience. Um, which is okay. It was just, it was just one of those things that I feel like there were, he wasn't able to stretch his legs, uh, as much as, as maybe he was in civil war. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I still liked him. Yeah. Oh, I, I did too, of course. Um, no, I... Yeah. And I, I thought... Uh, I thought Andy Serkis was incredible. Yeah. Claw was like was such a weird so, character in this. Yeah. I I love the whole mixtape line. <laughs> it's too good. I got my mixtape on SoundCloud. I, his, that, that accent is so strange. I love it. It's great. I love it. Um, I wish... I wish... Uh, I wish he. Did we say spoilers yet? Let's let's yeah let's let's go full spoilers. Uh, three, two, one. You've had your warning. We're about to say stuff that happens. Um, yep. Spo- spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. I wish he didn't die. I you know I I don't know if I wish he didn't die, but I was very surprised that they did kill him. Yeah, I I just thought I I, I can see why, mm-hmm. and I think it was very critical to the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killmonger bringing in like Wakanda's number one b- baddie, mm-hmm. but. Mm. I love that. I just would have. I would have liked to have seen more. Yeah, just because he's awesome. You know, I the the if if we're talking about characters that we wish didn't die, which actually there were there were there were some some casualties in this movie. Um, I really really wish that Michael B. Jordan didn't die. However, I think there is still a solid chance he comes back. Yeah, I don't think he necessarily is dead. Especially because you know it's like if the Soul Stone is in there, there's probably some sort of weird resurrection property and whatever. Um, well, right, and he had the. He had the panther juice in him, so he had the panther juice. He fell down basically into the heart of Wakanda, uh, off of that cliff, and and so yeah, there, there's there's all ways that they could bring him back, and I I really hope he's not gone because that would be a shame to have a villain so good just kind of well, he, be didn't, one and done. he didn't fall down into anything. Yeah, he did, didn't he? No, at the end, T'Challa like comforts him as he's dying, and then like puts his hands over his chest like uh, to sort of honor him. That's why the, oh, that was that's such right. a great. That's right such a great closure like such a great sort of moment for t'challa's character that like you know this guy even he had nothing but compassion for this like lost wakandan right yeah that's that's right yeah uh, i was i was misremembering for whatever reason i thought he fell off the cliff um uh-uh. yeah no and that and that was it was good i just like i i, I just don't want him to be dead <laughs> he was he was too fun to watch I know he's great. It was he was so good. Um, uh, yeah, and there's there's a lot of things. So uh, Martin Freeman, I I enjoyed how everybody was playing off of him. You know, like I I liked the way that he was sort of used uh, as kind of the you know like the outsider walking into this world or whatever. Um, yeah, I think that that was made less necessary by the opening sequence that they added later on. Because they initially mm. that that opening animation, right? Which honestly is is getting to be one of the most exhausted tropes in superhero movies, and I'm getting kind of sick of. Um, sure. 
you know, because like Wonder Woman had it and, and so many movies have it where it's like, here's a quick animation that's just like a giant exposition dump that tells you about the world. Um, I know, but it's so important, though. It is, but I, it's still one of those things that I feel like I feel like the, the purpose of Martin Freeman's character was basically to give that to you over the course of the movie. Um, mm. You know, and so it's like there's so much in that movie that's like, here's the reveal of this crazy world. You know, like people are talking about Wakanda throughout the first part of the movie. And there's all these people like, oh, yeah, you got, you know, uh, farmers and, and whatever. Like, what's Wakanda's major exports, all that stuff. And initially, yeah. you know, because they, they screened this movie without that there and they added it in because they felt like audiences were a bit confused. Um, initially, that like your perception is is sort of along with the people talking about how Wakanda is a third world country and stuff. And then you get that reveal of like, oh, no, this place is fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. And I, I feel like I would have enjoyed that a lot more, just like having that reveal, you know, at the end of the first act to be like, oh, no, shit's nuts over here. Um, yeah. And then experiencing that along with Martin Freeman. And so that's kind of why I say like his character was there to serve that purpose by and large. But then because they add in that animation, he's borderline useless for most of the movie, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um. But at the same time, I did enjoy sort of the humor that came out of uh, having his character, especially his and, and Shuri's interactions. Yeah. Um, no, I've heard a little bit that people think he's an unnecessary character. Yeah. I don't agree. I think he's, I like, I think it's, I think it's, I think he's necessary in the sense that he provides T'Challa with a link to the outside world. Mm. And... He is that sort of like the every every man who's like, what the fuck is happening around here? Yeah, and that, and that's why I say like I think that he would have been much more necessary had that animation not been in there. Mm. That makes sense. Um, Lupita Nyong'o, I I really really enjoy her as an actress. Yes. She was also a character that was like there were there were definitely like purposes that she served, but the the romance with her and T'Challa, it was one of those things where it's like they tell you that they have a thing for each other. And so you're like, okay, they have a thing for each other. Uh-huh. But there was never really a moment where I was like, oh, okay. These two, like they, they're, they're, they're digging it. Um, yeah. I, although on the other hand, I really, I, I, I like that. Uh, it was really a side plot and, and barely one at that. Yeah. I think it was because the, mo- the story is not about that. It's about him as his, he's the King, right? Like he's, that's his, you know, he's, his obligations require bigger of him than, his romantic subplot. Yeah. And that's a good point. Um, I enjoyed the arc, uh, that Daniel Kaluuya's character had where he's, he's kind of the person that, that sort of shows the, the, the internal conflict between the ideologies of T'Challa and Killmonger. Yes. You know, like it was, I think that was so strong having him go from being so firmly on T'Challa's side at the beginning to so firmly on Killmonger's. Yes. Um, yeah, that was fun. I liked, I liked him. And then, I don't remember her name. The leader of the uh, oh man, I'm blanking on the what the oh like group the, of the women Wakandan are. Royal Guard or whatever they're they're called. Yeah, but they've got a they've uh, they've got a name it starts with a D. I can't remember what it is, but, um, but yeah, she played Okoye. Um, Denai, yeah. what's her last name? Denai Guerrera. Yes, she was awesome. Yeah, um, and probably one of my sort of favorite characters, especially her t- turmoil with. Uh, being so loyal to Wakanda and believing so firmly in what Wakanda is, especially after the, the, the takeover of the King and her unwavering loyalty up to, you know, actually seeing that the, uh, 
that the 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 T'Challa was alive and I don't know, just it was great. Yeah, uh, it's uh, the group is the Dora Milaje. That's or what just I'm Dora. Of, Dora Milaje. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Totally. And it, it was nice to see a Christopher Priest character. Uh. In the movie, you know, which she wasn't the only one, but it's like his it's it's one of those things where it's weird. Like Christopher Priest was basically out of comics for like 10 years almost. Uh, and he's just had this like crazy resurgence for the past two years, you know, with he came back on board at DC and was doing an amazing Deathstroke run and, and other things. Um, and then, you know, now Black Panther comes out and it's so largely based on his stuff. Like people are remembering like, oh, yeah, Chris Priest is like an amazing writer that does really cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad that, you know, and especially like around this movie's release, there's been a lot of, um, there, there's been a lot of just like sort of stories and articles written about priest. Um, so I don't know. That's cool. But, and I mean, seriously, so many of these characters are, are his creations. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, it's kind of cool seeing his fingerprints all over this. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I, I, all in all, like I, first off, I didn't realize. Do you know how old Chadwick Boseman is? No. What would you guess? Uh, thirty. He is forty-one. Huh. Yeah. He is. He looks huh. so fucking young. Yeah. Like he he is ten years older than Michael B. Jordan, and they look the same age in this movie. Yeah, they do. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but no, I I, I really enjoyed it, and Ryan Coogler. You know, since seeing Creed and then going back and watching Fruitvale Station, right? Ryan Coogler has been like one of my favorite directors in Hollywood. Dude's only thirty-one, also, by the way, just to add uh, insult to injury. There, like he's young as shit, and he's directed three amazing movies um, and written them. Um, yeah, and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm I'm really enjoying the partnership of he and and uh, Michael B. Jordan. I hope that he's able to sort of do a James Gunn thing where he continues with this franchise and, and takes it in whatever direction he wants or if he I think they're gonna i think they'll throw everything at him right now <laughs> yeah. i wonder i wonder if they i wonder if it's a situation like uh like with patty jenkins where they had only signed him on for one movie just to see how it goes another mm. like shit now we have to pay him like you know one of the highest salaries for any director out there um sure but yeah i i, I hope that they keep going i hope that black panther is sort of you know, becomes this, this is sort of their tentpole franchise going forward. Um, because I mean, they've, they've priced themselves out of doing more Iron Man movies, obviously. And so they are sort of looking for that next, like big lead franchise and guardians has been doing well, of course. Um, yeah, but I, I do think that black Panther is kind of going to be that, yeah. that tentpole going forward. Probably. I would say yes. And, Let's wait for Captain Marvel to drop. Yeah, no, and that's that's a good point. Um I'm 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 very think, curious how Captain Marvel is gonna kind of like fit in and mesh with everything. Yeah, sure. Totally. I think Captain Marvel is gonna be a Captain America the first Avenger movie. Meaning what? I think it's gonna be meaning it's gonna be takes place in the past and then the end of the movie is gonna be her now showing mm-hmm. up or something. Yeah, I I think so too. It it looks like a lot of that movie is taking place in the nineties. Um, yeah. and with her being an air force pilot, I, I really hope that Rhodey gets like a huge role in that movie. That would be great. I think so too. That'd be awesome. Or you know who else is, could very well pop up as Martin Freeman. Oh, that'd be interesting. Cause he said he was a pilot in black Panther. That's right. And why would, yeah, that yep, exactly. Hmm. That's a yep. good, that's a good little pickup there. Old Matty boy. 
I figured it out. And uh, yeah, and and Sam Jackson uh, is also in the movie as Nick Fury, sans eye patch. Yeah, and Jude Law so, is playing Marvel. I forgot about that. Yeah, oh yeah, no, it's it's got a lot going for it. Yeah, that's fair. Mendo, Ben Mendelsohn's going to be in it too. Exactly. Oh, that's going to be fun. I hope I hope Mendo plays the main villain. I hope he's like some sort of Shi'ar or whatever guy. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um. Anyway, Black Panther, uh, Marvel. I, I, I. It's, it's nice to see that these sort of the newer franchises that they have. You know, the, the, the leaders of their next phase, like Spider Man, Black Panther. Um. Hopefully, Captain Marvel. You know, we can say the same about. You know, it, it seems that they're headed in a, a, a great and fun direction. I hope yes. that they get more inventive with their sort of like plot structure. Um. And and start going into kind of some new territory that's not just generic action hero plot you know yeah well and it, yes yes and i hope i think it will i hope so because that i don't know that's, well, that's the I, one I thing that's so. getting tired it is and uh yeah i don't know actually now that and now that i'm thinking about like the the trailer for ant-man and the wasp and it doesn't look much different no it does it looks fun but it does exactly look sure. like it's got pretty much the same plot yes uh yeah, and so I just I, I hope they move away from that and and really start to delve into some new things, you know? Because I mean, again, it's like that was the fun part of the Winter Soldier is that that movie, you know, it wasn't a super unconventional structure, but it wasn't an action hero movie structure. It was a sort of political thriller structure, uh, right? You know, and it's not that big of a change, but it made a huge difference on like you know, sort of enjoyment and and longevity. I think for that movie to continue to enjoy it. Um, yes. And Ragnarok as well, you know, kind of played with the structure a, a bit. Um, oh yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I'm just I am excited for the the future of this franchise. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, for if they're doing more Avengers proper films after the Russo brothers two movies, you know, who they get for the next uh, Avengers thing, you know, if it ends up being someone like you know Ryan Coogler or you know Taika or you know shit James Gunn, like yeah. any of those people. I, I, I hope Taika carries on doing 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 Marvel stuff. Yeah, it would be interesting. I and he, you know, he's talked about how he wants to kind of do like one for them, one for me, uh, in terms of right. like one blockbuster and then one sort of indie thing. And so it'll be interesting to see if he sticks with Marvel for that next kind of big blockbuster movie, or if he kind of goes to another studio. Sure, maybe he gets a Star Wars trilogy as well. They're, they're handing out Star yeah. Wars trilogies these days. They are. They're just like you, here. You get a Star Wars trilogy. You get a. You get a Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> Hand Ryan Coogler a Star, a Star Wars, Wars trilogy. trilogy. Why not? Let's do that. Boba yeah. Fett, Michael B. Jordan film. There you go. Oh, actually, because there, there was talks that Michael B. Jordan could play Boba Fett in um, the Josh Trank movie that they were planning. Oh, really? Yeah, that was you know, and that was a couple years ago, and then Josh Trank got fired. But like, shit, man, bringing Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan and have them team up on that—that'd be amazing. I'm I'm still a little bit bummed that Trank didn't get his his star wars movie. i am too i really don't think fantastic four was his fault and i think he he handled no. it poorly you know but he's also he was a very young director who was dealing with a lot in a short time and you know not many people in their late 20s early 30s are going to handle that very well uh no i think he's i think he i think he was a a, a lost talent due to a, 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 a series of very unfortunate events totally I, I hope he's at least been like ghost writing on on stuff and, and is still like actually working i hope he's not completely blackballed yeah me too um yeah maybe maybe i'll maybe i'll ask around all my all my big shot hollywood friends and see what see what the word is on all, all my connections you know i could see gareth edwards going over to do a marvel movie 
I could too, actually. I'm 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 very curious what Gareth Edwards does next. Um, I also yeah, want to. Me too. I, like, yeah, we're we're running up to the end of this like projected Marvel timeline, right? Like there was you know a couple years ago when they're like, here's our next movies until 2020. Um, we're getting close to the end of that, and they really haven't announced much. You know, like we know there's well, another they, Spider-Man. The movie. only thing they we we the only thing Feige has said is that they have movies planned through 2020, like 20. 28 or something something like that yeah they yeah and so they they have them they just haven't announced anything yet yeah and so i'm I'm curious what the direction is you know if they're if they're doing you know more new characters which obviously they probably will be but (laughs) i think what they're doing is they don't want to say anything because they don't want to spoil infinity war oh exactly i think once infinity war comes out uh then at that point when we sort of know at least what some of the future lineup is uh yeah that they'll let us because i imagine i i I bet comic-con this year is going to be pretty crazy yeah and at some point i'm sure that they wish they could keep all of those things uh hidden until after avengers 4 comes out but there's just Mm -hmm. there's no way you know things will be going into production by that time um exactly and so yeah i'm I'm sure comic-con this year will be pretty nuts because that let's see comic-con is i know that both comic-con and infinity war are in may i wonder which comes first comic-con 2018 is Thursday? Oh, Thursday, July 9th. Okay, so yeah, Infinity War will have already come out. Yeah, you're right. Comic Con's going to be fucking insane. It's going to be crazy because it's not only that; it's going to be. Oh well, Star Wars sort of bailed on Comic Con, right? Like the, all the Star Wars stuff is at Celebration now. Yeah, it's at Star Wars Celebration. I I think that honestly, the Marvel stuff it'll probably be bigger at New York Comic Con. They've been kind of leaning toward New York more. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to see when. Uh, the next New York Comic Con is so New York Comic Con was in March last year. I don't think it's in March this year. I think they're mm. pushing it back a little bit. Gotcha. So yeah, maybe maybe probably because yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just because Star Wars is also coming up on its end here. I mean, yeah, we're gonna get Solo, and then we're gonna get Episode t- Nine, and then what? I think it's yeah. I think and I, I hope I hope that the way that they do it is is to stick with these side stories to to do you know like Ryan Johnson's trilogy or and also like I'm bummed that it's the Game of Thrones guys doing a Star Wars trilogy, but at the same time I'm like well it's cool that they're they're going away from uh you know from the main story, but it's just like it's it's very weird that it's only been straight white guys that have written and directed Star Wars movies up to this point. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yes. But I'm so happy to get Star Wars stuff that's going to be outside of the, the the Skywalker saga. Me too. I'm I'm very curious what they all do. You know, because it is such a huge universe. Yeah, exactly. And there's it's 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 already so rich. You can do so much with it. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think that's the best way to prevent Star Wars exhaustion is to kind of make it a grander. Like you know, you have much more space than the Marvel universe, so you might as well utilize it. Uh, exactly. You know, like you can just have things that never tie into each other, but exist somewhere in that universe and sort of enrich the backstory. Um, yeah, totally. You know, and it's not like the EU where, like, I feel like the EU felt the dependency to to integrate with existing characters for so long. Right. I hope that they can do more. You know, like Rogue One almost did that, except Darth Vader and Tarkin and Leia for a little bit. I hope that they right. lean in even harder to like, nah, we're just gonna, you know. We're gonna fuck off in the universe. There's not gonna be anybody you've ever seen before. It's gonna be a weird story, you know. The Empire and space isn't even G- here. And, and and space Jimmy Smiths. Space Jimmy Smiths. But yeah, but he they but they have to have him there. You know what I mean? Like Space Jimmy Smiths. If you don't have a Space Jimmy Smiths in your movie, and it's yeah, fuck that. Yeah, like fun fact: Space Jimmy Smiths shows up in every movie ever made. 
It's true. He's in the sky in the background. Yep. Very, very small. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Black Panther rating? Um, like a general rating yeah. or like a... Actually, really quick, let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about uh, the soundtrack really quick. We did before, but I, uh, I, 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 oh no, no, sorry. We talked about Kendrick Lamar's like from and inspired by. Yeah, the score itself I thought was incredible. Yeah, well, so yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about the score and the soundtrack. But um, the score. So here's here's some fun trivia. Uh, the score was by Ludwig uh, Goransson, which is a Swedish name that I'm probably pronouncing horribly. Uh, if you were to like, do, do you know what else this guy's worked on? No idea. Uh, he is Childish Gambino's uh, producing partner, and so his huh. his big sort of recent thing was was Childish Gambino's "Awaken My Love." Huh. Um, he's done scores as well for a lot of movies, um, and even he's done scores for like uh comedy specials. Huh. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that this guy is is at this point he's like he and Kendrick Lamar are developing a strong um. Uh, collaboration. He's also written the scores for every movie that Ryan Coogler has directed, and he's wow. he's produced uh, every Childish Gambino album, um, namely "Awaken My Love," which we've glowed about huh. on the podcast before. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, of course, like the the soundtrack from Kendrick Lamar. I I still can't stop listening to that thing. Um, that's really good. So many amazing people on the album. You know, like and v- Vince Staples is quickly becoming. Uh, one of my favorite sort of new people in hip hop. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's he's 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 doing stuff and so that um Ops is probably my favorite song on the album and and uh I don't know, just just hearing Vince Staples on the album is nice and it's also nice like that that Kendrick Lamar is kind of featured in a lot of these songs, you know, like he he shows up in in a good amount of these tracks, not just as producer, yeah. but he'll have like a verse or a quick thing or whatever. Um I gotta say that 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 the like the big song that was in the movie Two Kings Dead, mm. which I think Future's verse on that is one of the weakest things I've ever heard. <laughs> really? Well, he does that like. Mm. Uh, 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 that, I feel like I shouldn't be trying to emulate that, but <laughs> it's all right. I really don't like that at all. I don't think that was good at all. But otherwise, I agree with you. I think the album's quite good. Yeah. Um, and I think it worked. They worked it well into the movie. It's it was kind of fun to see a Marvel movie that sort of had like a big theme song for it. Like that's yeah. sort of like a a thing that we're, nobody's really doing anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of fun to be like, here's the here's the blockbuster and here's the theme for the blockbuster with that uh the weekend and Kendrick Lamar song, Pray for Me. Yeah. Yeah, it's been like or or all the stars, either one. I mean, it's just yeah. it's it's really cool. It's I mean, it's I been all s- the stars is the what that's the one, right? That's the that's the end credit song, all the stars. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. But it's I mean, yeah. there's like so many of the songs on that album, you know, are like people are listening to and jamming to, and like it's 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 got you know like four iconic songs that like you hear them and you're like, oh yeah, Black Panther, hell yeah, yeah, totally. Um, That's great. And I I do also um it, like it's it's been since Avengers that they've had a like a theme song to a movie, you know, like an original one, uh, you know, because like yeah. with Thor, you know, you had the Hammer of the Gods and and stuff like that, but. You know, it's it's been since um, it wasn't Soundgarden, it, or yeah, it was Soundgarden that did the Avengers uh, sort of stinger song "Live to Rise" that played in the credits. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, dude, that that song is good I too. I really like that Soundgarden song actually. I don't remember that at all. You should listen to it. It's it's a damn good one. 
Huh. Um, but I, I hope that they, they do more of this, you know, that they collaborate with someone to create sort of a soundtrack that's, that's curated for the movie. Um, you know, and maybe, you know, of course, like, yeah, you, you can use existing songs like Thor did and stuff, but it'd be nice to have kind of a mix of that. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. Anyway, um, I'll give this, I'll give this, uh, uh, eight Panther claws out of 10. Hmm. Yeah. I'll give it an eight out of 10 too. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. It's fun, and uh, it's, uh, it's it's exciting to see where this where this Marvel universe is going. I will. Oh, it, yes, that's the that's the big one for me. Is it? I'm like, it got me hyped again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we were like getting to that point of like exhaustion with some of this stuff. Um, I did also want to want to mention Winston Duke, who played Mba- uh, Mbaku. Mm-hmm. That guy was awesome. Like he's he's been in like a few sort of TV shows and like bit roles and stuff up until this point, but this is the first movie he's ever been in. And he was fucking hmm. awesome. Yeah. Like, it was, it was, and I'm glad they didn't go with the whole man ape thing, but, uh, like. Oh, I thought he, I thought he was, yeah, one of the highlights of the movie. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I hope that he, and he's showing back up in Infinity War, which is great. Uh, I, he's, he's like one of those characters that he should, going forward, be like a, a big sort of supporting role in the Black Panther stuff and in the Marvel stuff. Um, sure. I, I'm excited to see him. Because obviously after this role, he's, I'm sure, going to be getting tons of, um, you know, like tons of, of roles and stuff. And I'm, I'm excited to see what he does because he, he did a lot with a, a fairly, you know, average uh, role, I guess. I mean, not average, but like in terms of screen time, there wasn't a ton there. Uh-huh. And he did a lot with it. I agree. Um, anyway. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, glad we saw it. Glad it's out. Glad it's doing well. Um, yeah. Good shit. Good time for comics. I agree. And if anyone hasn't, hey. if anyone hasn't read uh, a ton of Black Panther before, um, they're they're recollecting a lot of the Chris Priest stuff, which is really cool. Some of the art is a bit dated at this point, and so that can be a tough barrier for entry. But it's really, really well written. Um, at least from what I've read, I've, I'm like ten ish issues into the the Chris Priest stuff right now. Um, okay. And then also uh, Tanahasi Coates, um, his recent run on the character which is still continuing apparently they're doing like a, a cosmic black panther book now that that they're sort of relaunching with that he's writing huh okay um with uh daniel I, Acuna I, on art oh cool i read the first volume it's it is good yeah it's really good and it keeps getting better um especially yeah, as they continue to expand sort of the wakandan world under him yeah and it's a good jumping on point yeah um it's not too heavily bogged down in 80 you know, fifty years of Black Panther history. How <laughs> yes. long it's been? Um, but my my recommendation still stands of Doom War. Mm. Uh, it's really good if you, especially if you want like a lot of, if you want like a whole bunch of ancillary Marvel characters. Yeah, there's a ton in there, so it's a lot of. That's why it's it's a lot of fun for the for a real big kind of you know wide universe series. Yeah, that makes sense. I I I, I want to go and read that. Like I've I've been delving into like sort of some Black Panther stuff from all over. I read some of the Don McGregor stuff, which is like really fucking good from back in like the seventies, mm-hmm. I think. Um, mm-hmm. It's like and Don Don McGregor is a person in comics history who just like really has not gotten a lot of credit and has kind of like went on in in sort of obscurity. Um, in terms of like his legacy and stuff, but man, like he's, I don't know his, his it's, it's, it's stuff that, that, uh, lives on, lives on better than most comics of that era. You know what I mean? 
Like sure. it's still got some of the same problems of like tons of exposition and 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 things like that, but it's not as ham-fisted and there's a lot of like there's a lot of just like weird sort of like cool poetic stuff uh in his mm. in his comics. Um so I don't know. It's it's been interesting kind of like reading some of his Black Panther stuff from all over. And don't get me wrong, nice. there is a lot of crap in there too. Sure. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then Hickman actually the the new Avengers stuff with Black Panther was also really fun. Yes, with the, like the Panther versus Namor. Yes, I I love that rivalry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great. I hope they get to do that at some point in these universe in this universe once Universal decides they're not making a Namor movie. Yes, yes, and I think at this point it's they're too, a little too late with the Aquaman coming out. Sure, but at the same time, I and I I still do think that Aquaman's going to go gangbusters, and so I'm sure Marvel will be like, all right, well, let's do our Aquaman mm. if they can. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's like shit, you know, the, the 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 ocean's a big place. There's a lot of water. Yeah. But he will definitely be like, oh, knock off Aquaman is what everyone will refer to exactly. him as. Exactly. Oh, it's a shame that Jude well, Law got... is already in Captain Marvel. He would have been a good Namor. Yes. I agree. Mm. Oh, well. Or Benedict Cumberbatch. He's yeah. got a weird ocean face. <laughs> you know, you can see him being like part sea creature. Sure. Weird ocean face. <laughs> Oh man. Uh well, uh if if let us know your thoughts on um Black Panther. You can hit us up on Twitter at Savage Land Pod to uh to give us a quick thought. Or if you want a more in depth thought, you can uh go to uh uh or email letters at savagelandpodcast.com. You can call our phone number, four one three Savage Four if you really want to let us have it vocally. Um and then uh Facebook and Instagram at Savage Land Podcast. You can also leave us reviews. That's a good way to uh, get us to say random shit. So if you leave us, if you leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever they're calling it these days, um, <laughs> then uh, then we will we'll read whatever the hell you say, um, and you can designate who has to read it. I don't know if there's been any new reviews. There's been a lot of ratings coming through recently, which we greatly appreciate. Um, I don't think I've spotted a review, but I'll, I'll double check really quick if Matt wants to vamp. Um. I checked a couple of days ago. I didn't see any new ones. So, unless it came in with the past within the past like twenty four hours, I don't think it's there. Why is no one rating us? <laughs> uh, um, um, we uh, we also have a um, an interview with Daniel Warren Johnson, uh, the creator of Extremity, that is coming out this uh, Thursday. As you're listening to it, um, and it was it was a super fun interview. Extremity, I think, is one of the best comics coming out right now. Um, Skybound is is killing it with everything they do. Um, you know, I am uh, uh, I am excited for Robert Kirkman's new series. Oh yeah, Oblivion Song. That should be interesting. Oblivion. I, Song. I think that's coming out yeah. like next month. I think so. That'll be dope. Um, speaking of, we're, we're going to tie in the uh, probably to wrap up the show here. We'll tie in that like we're very aware that in- Invincible just had its last episode uh, issue. Yeah. And we're excited, and we're excited for. It. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually I bought that issue. I haven't opened it at all. I haven't peeked at it because I'm seventy issues behind on Invincible, um, which is a crazy thing to say. Yeah, it is crazy. It is weird. Like this, this, and I, I talked about it when we were we were in our group chat. I was like, I am preacher behind on this series. Like, I have the the amount of comics that I have to read just to catch up on Invincible is all of Preacher and then like God Country. Yep. Like that's crazy that this series has been going so long yeah but yeah yeah i have I've, i'm on the final arc so i'm pretty caught up yeah that's that's i'm that's great 
Yep. And then uh, if anyone if anyone's been watching Runaways uh, uh, on the TMBC family, we had uh, the Runaways After Show podcast with me, Scott Corelli, and Cassandra Fredrickson from Dueling Genre. It was a fun podcast. Uh, Ten episodes will be coming back next season, but all those episodes are still there. You can also uh, listen to The Living Dead Minute, which was uh, me, Matt, and Rachel going through Night of the Living Dead one minute at a time and for some reason deciding that was a good idea. Um, it's a great idea. <laughs> it was still a fun time, though. Um, Agreed. And you can also uh, chronicle one gamer's journey into madness as he uh, becomes slowly obsessed with Sonic through a debilitating disease that is conquering his mind in Elsewhere Presents Sonic, the podcast just for fans. You can find all those podcasts at thatmightbecool.com. Uh, as well as uh, the Comic Review Minute. Um, you can find that on Instagram. It's uh, my buddy Kent Heidelman doing uh, reviews of graphic novels and trade paperbacks in one minute flat on Instagram. It's a fun time. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, and there, he's, he's doing comics from all over the years. Uh, old ones, new ones, all that shit. It's it's good shit. So go to thatmightbecool.com. You can check it out. Um, I don't think Comic Review Minute is linked on there yet, but you can just search Comic Review Minute on Instagram and you'll find him. And uh, that's, that's cool. what we got going on. That's all of it. That's that's, that's all of it. Um, so yeah, tune in Thursday for that interview with Daniel Daniel Warren Johnson, and then we will be back next week. Uh, do you remember what the the issue of the week was? It was Sandman. Sandman. Sandman number whatever the fuck it was. Um, it's like fourteen or something. I think it was fourteen. Yeah, God, I never remember it. <laughs> um, Rachel could tell us, but she's not here, and she didn't leave a voicemail like she promised. I'm sad. Oh well. Oh well. Anyway. Yeah, well, uh, I hope you've enjoyed your time in the Savage Land. cool.com You never know. Aw, you you did it this time. I did. You were rambling. I was. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs>